the lengthy description of Kabbalah about all the different levels of Klippa, that this is meant for us to do something about this. And we're supposed to elevate the lowest levels of Klippa. The question we had was that Moshe Rabbeinu himself, he was afraid to visit the Pharaoh until God said to him, come with me, we'll go into the lowest levels of Klippa together in order for you to transform and destroy the evil of, of, of Pharaoh. So our question was, so how are we meant to not be afraid of this? So, in the, so we explain this based upon a teaching of the Maggid. The Maggid says that the three last plagues, the Torah says, was a result of God hardening the Pharaoh's heart. And because the Pharaoh's heart was hardened, the Torah described these three last plagues in the exercise of there being written three new sections, three new stories in the Torah, but the three last plagues, where those, where do the, the letters in those three last plagues come from? They come from, they come from Paro, they come from Egypt, they come from uh, the decision that, the, that Paro made. So in that decision of Paro, there is there's a, there's a, there's a depth, there's a meaning, there's, there's a cause for that. The reason that Paro said no wasn't because he wanted to say no. It was because there were godly sparks left in Paro and in Egypt. And by him saying no, that puts those godly sparks in the Torah and elevated those godly sparks. And that's the meaning of the words. And I'm hardening the Pharaoh's heart in order to put my miracles, my signs in Egypt. The simple meaning is I'm hardening his heart so I can show my stuff. I can show my miracles. The deeper meaning is I'm hardening his heart in order to put my my letters, in order to elevate those letters. That by the Jewish people being planted in Egypt, just like, the Torah, just like when a person plants a seed, in order to have a much greater uh, produce, so too by, by the uh, Jewish people being in Egypt, it caused all the godly energy in Egypt to, be, to extricate and elevate it back to its source in Torah. Um, so first they were, it was written in Torah, and that allowed the um, energy in Egypt to be elevated. And by them being, when they were elevated, so that put the letters, so to speak, back in the Torah. That put the, the, the energy of Egypt back inside the Torah. So it's sort of, um, it seems that uh, they're first written in Torah. Then they fell from the Torah, so to speak, to become Egypt. And then they were restored through the exile of Egypt. So the power of his heart was hardened in order that the letters should go back into the Torah. Be elevated back into the divine source. That this, those sparks should come back in the Torah. So the, the, the key for the transformation was the letters being written in the Torah. So too, the Rebbe says that when we say that every Jew is responsible to elevate the lowest levels of Klippa, how does that happen is by studying about evil. And that's why, although the Torah says you're not allowed to study the laws of idolatry, idolatry is today, if you can't study, you can't read the books about idolatry. You're not allowed to even use a, um, a, 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 a church as a landmark. And yet, by studying about the, the section of Torah which describes the same idolatry that is described in their own books of idolatry, by reading it in Torah, not only is it permissible, it's a mitzvah to study the Torah's description of idolatry as part of the laws of idolatry, it's a mitzvah, and by doing that, before doing anything else, just studying those, those words, that causes the eradication of evil. By studying about evil, you destroy evil. 
Torah, Jews studying Torah, it transforms what's happening outside the world. It, is, it, is, it destroys the evil in the world. Just studying the Torah. So now we're going to continue, and that was going to quote the teaching of the Alter Rebbe. As I mentioned in Basla Kayamarim, there were quotes from all the Rebbe. What this means is, as the Alter Rebbe says in Torah Or, that unlike in the first exile, in the exile in Egypt, where there was slavery in the simple sense, with mortar and brick, and all of the Jewish people had to, not the entire effort of the Jewish people was about actually actual back-breaking labor. However, the Alter Rebbe says now in this exile, we're able to achieve the, this same goal through our study of Torah. As it says in the Zohar, which is usually translated as mortar, refers to the Talmudic process called Kalvachomer. Kalvachomer means that if uh, I could touch the roof, and Dr. Resson certainly could touch the roof because he's taller than me, Kalvachomer, for sure. So that system of Talmudic interpretation is alluded to by the word Chomer. The word brick, Levenim, has Levenim, besides meaning brick, also means whitening. and refers to the exercise of clarifying halacha, whitening the halacha is the is a system of back and forth dissecting the halacha until you know exactly what the halacha is. So instead of having bricks, we study the Torah until we have a clear, crystal clear sharp vision of Allah. That means by studying the Torah with an effort, until you're studying the Torah with a back-breaking effort, something that the Torah of truth considers to be a real effort, and you're studying the Torah both in the system of Kalvachomer and sharpening the halacha, through this you accomplish more than the Jewish people accomplished by being in exile, in the simple sense and by them working with mortar and brick in the simple sense. Our, uh, it seems, our ivory tower experience of studying Torah relative to their back-breaking labor, um, that actually accomplishes more. But again, ivory tower is not the operative word here. Our effort in the study of Torah, real effort, that is uh, accomplishes more than their work with mortar and brick. This is understood that it's not sufficient, but that, that we just serve Hashem in a general way, that we know we subscribe, we're servants of Hashem, and we do things that are for Hashem, but you have to get into the details. Like in the, in the example of whitening, clarifying, sharpening, the halachic definition, that what that exercise is referring to is going through the halacha, with every detail, and detail of detail until you're able to actually say, this is what you should do, to actually come out with a crystal clear Tamuruk ruling. So, the Mittler Rebbe says that this idea of going into detail is something which is very important in regards to our meditation about Hashem's truth. It says in the Torah, you should know the God of your Father. So Mithra Rebbe says, it's not referring to having a general understanding that there is a, that there is a God, or a general understanding of what Hasidah says about it. Rather, you're supposed to, the mitzvah is, know the God of your Father, means details. To know all the things going on in the spheres, and all the details of the entire spiritual cosmos, and how, how, um, how each world, there's a sense of the other world. Like, let's say, for example, aliens came, 
and aliens removed atzilus from all Hasidic literature. Now, I'm not saying that there's like a gap in the page and that you don't see it. Oh, what is that word supposed to be over there? But let's say let's say that it was done seamlessly, that there was no sentences about atzilus. It was just atzilus wasn't there anymore. Would you miss atzilus? Would atzilus be something that affected, did, does it affect your understanding of the whole spiritual cosmos now so that if Atsilus was gone you're, you're, you would be fundamentally missing something in your understanding of how the spiritual cosmos works and therefore, like, oh, that, that, that doesn't make sense. Where is it? There's something missing in this chain. It, it, like, let's say you were Darwin, right? You're looking for the, the missing links in the Big Bang Theory, right? You, 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 you know there's missing links because you're following a certain pattern. Are you such a student of, of godliness like Darwin is a study of evolution? Do you, do, do you see them? Would you notice the missing links? So you only would notice the missing links if you're studying Hasidus in a way that you're looking at the details. That you see what does this mean? Not just, oh, it's about Hashem, it's about the divine providence, it's about uh, the details. And a similar thing says that Ebra Hashab. Ebra Hashab also says that in addition to the fact that we have to have acceptance of Hashem as our king, and as Al-Dreb writes in chapter 41 in Tanya, that accept that Hashem is your king is the first thing needed. It's the first it's the beginning of serving Hashem. It is the main part of serving Hashem. It is the root of all service of Hashem. Accepting Hashem is your king is the ratios of Avedah But the Al-Dreb continues and says that that acceptance, this, this initial movement, that I am um, accepting Hashem as my king, has to be conveyed to the details of my service of Hashem, the details of details of what I'm doing. In other words, as Altar says over there in chapter 41, Altar quotes the Zohar, and the Zohar says that in order for an ox to bring any benefits to the world, the ox has to first have a yoke. And so too, in order for a mitzvah to have a manifest um, expression of godliness, the mitzvah has to be done because you are a servant of Hashem, serving Hashem. I'm doing this because I'm a servant of Hashem. That, uh, not just paradigm, but that that attitude, that feeling, that that approach to Judaism has to not just be the beginning of how you serve Hashem, but the details. What, what, what this doesn't mean is that Hashem doesn't want us to be dry. Uh, and it doesn't, not, Hashem wants us to have joy. And serving Hashem with acceptance of the yoke of Hashem is just the beginning of serving Hashem. However, the joy itself has to have, has to have this, this um, has to be fused with this, I'm serving Hashem with joy, this is what Hashem wants me to do, I'm a servant of Hashem. As we learned in the, I learned from that beautiful discourse, uh, and the humble gathered uh, and enjoy in serving Hashem. So, the, um, this is the reason why Kabbalah, the wisdom of truth, in the um, places we quoted before, in the Zohar, and the Yitzchayim, and other places, discusses the details and details of details of Klippa. Because how do you elevate the details and details of, of Klippa? It's by studying those details in the Torah. Just like when you study Halacha, you have to study the details of Halacha. So too, how do you elevate Klippa? It's by understanding, learning in great detail Klippa. So it's not sufficient just that you know that a clip exists. The way to, to get rid of it is by learning about it. I'm not sure this is what I was referring to, but it sounds very similar to um, 
and Hayom Yom of the 23rd of, of Sivan, where the previous Rebbe is analyzing the famous story of Rabbi Nachum of Chernobyl. Rabbi Nachum of Chernobyl was uh, once visited by this uh, wealthy man who gave, gave him 300 ruble, and he um, later, his attendant came to his uh, to collect all the gifts that the various Hasidim had given him, and he was very excited. He knew this wealthy guy was coming. He knew there was a lot of expenses that need to need to be paid. And the 300 ruble was gone. So he asked Amnachem. Maybe he shouldn't have asked, but he was just like distraught. He's like, um, "What happened to the 300 ruble?" <laughs> so Amnachem said, "Well, this guy came in. He had to marry his daughter, and uh, he had more than a few daughters, and he needed 300 rubles. So I gave him 300 rubles." So the rabbi, the attendant, is like, "Why give him all the 300 rubles? I mean, you could have." given the money to 10 other people. So Menachem said like this, initially when the money came, I was thinking, wow, I'm happy to be worthy in Hashem's eyes for Hashem to give me this kindness. That was my first reaction. Then I was thinking, when this guy came in, I was thinking, you know, um, maybe I should give it away to all to him. And as soon as I decided to give it all, all the way to him, then I had a thought, oh, no, why just the one person divided? So I realized that this second thought came from the animal soul. It didn't come from, from, the, uh, from the realm of holiness. Because if it was the realm of holiness, why didn't it appear when I decided to keep it for myself? Only after I decided to give it away, all of a sudden, then Clippa reared its ugly head and said, oh, <laughs> you want to do a mitzvah? Here's a much better way of doing mitzvahs. Here, and divide in, 16, in, in five different parts and give it to ten families. I knew that was, I knew that was Clippa. Now, the, the, the way he, Abnachim, analyzed the animal soul won't help us very much. Because our first thought, our second thought, and third thought are all mumbo jumbo, and it would be more beneficial to talk to your spiritual mentor than than to um, than to try to uh, analyze things in a similar way that Rambam did. Like the middle of Rambarash was once by a train station, and uh, the um, conductor um, in those days it wasn't like today where you know the train leaves it exact you know to the minute. Those days, the trains left like every few days at this, 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 this at nighttime and daytime, afternoon, whatever they announced. And then Marash was in the middle of saying a mimer. And when the conductor uh, told them, he announced that we're going on the train, their Marash was informed, and he was in the middle of the mimer, and he said, No, he's not going on the train. So the train left, and the train crashed. And he asked the Marash, he knew the train was going to crash, why didn't he announce to everyone, guys, no one should go on the train? Yeah. And the Rebbe Marash answered, he didn't know the train was going to crash. He just had a thought. In his, his first thought was, why interrupt the, the, the discourse? Why interrupt the mimer? And he said, by us, meaning by the Rebbe, by Tzadikim, when we have a first initial thought, we have to obey it. to obey the first initial thought. That's by the Rebbe. That's my point. The point is, it's not by everybody. However, um, the previous Rebbe's conclusion is very relevant from the story to each of us. And that is, till then, said the previous Rebbe, I didn't know that there was such a thing called a religious Yitzhahara, a Hasidic Yitzhahara. Yitzhahara comes to each person according to their character. You have to learn about the Yitzhahara in you to know how to deal with it. What's my Yitzhahara going to say when this happens? What is he going to want to do? What, what's his thing? He's going to say, you know what, you deserve a beer right now. When, as soon as I come home, you know your animal soul how it's going to react to certain, certain stimuli. So you have to learn the details your animal soul. But more relevant to um, 
the point by actually studying about Klippa and just not, not just knowing about how to deal with your own animal soul, but studying about Klippa, that itself destroys Klippa, knowing the details of this. Rebbe continues in the seventh chapter of this discourse. We could add this point, this is the reason why we find the similar phenomena. In the real parts of Torah, in the, in the tractate, Heinz, Rabbi Yitzchak says, anyone who says, Rachav, Rachav, immediately will have a seminal mission. Rachav was a harlot that lived in Yerichai, who met uh, the spies that Yeshua sent, and she was very beautiful. And the, uh, the Talmud says, if anyone just says her name, that will immediately have this, the body will have, this, yeah. will have an immediate effect. The Rebbe's, the Rebbe doesn't want to say the word that the Gemara uses. The Rebbe says, anyone says Rachav twice will come to do the famous sin, may God preserve us, that causes the lengthy exile, as explained in many places in Chassidus and in other places. So, so the, just saying her, those words, saying her name twice will, will make this happen. Rabbi Nachman said, I have, I could say it, and it won't make a difference to me. So Rabbi Yitzchak responded, I'm not talking about someone who just says the words, I'm talking about someone who knows her and recognizes her. And as the Rebbe's father, Rabbi Yitzchak, uh, explains what that means according to Kabbalah. And as I mentioned, the Rebbe quotes all the Rebbeim, and in some discourses also adds a teaching from his father as well. What this means is, what is Rabbi Yitzchak saying? What's Rabbi Nachman responding? Rabbi Nachman says, it doesn't, have, doesn't affect me. Rabbi Yitzchak says, only if you know her does it affect you. What this means is, that when you are involved in those things in this world, which are a product of God's light descending, lower and lower without any limit, without any end, when you're involved in this in a way that you know it, and you recognize it, that means that you're connected to it, because the word knowledge here means connection, and you have a recognition in those things as they are in this world, in a state of lowliness, that creates something negative. For example, you come to the famous sin, may God preserve us. And through, so to, to other negative sins, when you know these things and, you, and you, you're, you're connected to those things, then that cause has negative effect. But when you don't know and don't recognize, you're not connected to evil, instead, you know the God of your father, you connected to, to Hashem in a way that it, as it, the end of the verse reads, know the God of your father and serve him with a complete heart. So if that's what you're doing, that you have nothing to worry about when you're involved in the things that are lower, because you are involved in them as you're involved in any other section of Torah. Because you know that this is a part of the Torah, and without this part of Torah, the Torah is not complete. To the extent that there's no difference to you whether you're studying the verse that Timna was a concubine of, um, of Aliphas, whether you're learning that verse, or you're learning the verse I am Lord your God. To you, both verses are the same because they're both Torah. So that means that the concepts of the Torah, when even the Torah is talking about the lowest kinds of things, are on the same level of holiness as the words of the Torah, I am Lord your God. There's no distinction between the words of the Torah, I am Lord your God, and the words of the Torah, Timna was a concubine of Eliphaz. They're both Torah. They're both at the same levels of same level of sanity. I share with you how, how Ramelech told us when we were in Tractate Psachim about the 
about the one mouse bringing the chametz in the house, and another mouse taking the chametz out of the house, and the first mouse was white, the second mouse was black, and the Gorgon goes in great detail trying to figure out if you had to search your house again for chametz. So Ramelech was telling us, after he had said a little chayim, he said, the white mouse is God, the black mouse is God, the chametz is God, it's all, it's all, it's all holy, it's all Hashem. You're learning the words of Hashem, it doesn't really, it's not necessarily ever going to happen to you, this event ever in your life, or ever happen, period. It's not about what's going to happen. It's about, it's about the holiness of Hashem in the Torah. So if you're studying the sections of Torah which discuss clip, but, but it's Torah that you're studying, doesn't it won't affect you. And not only will not bring you down, um, not only will this not hurt you, but in addition to the fact that by studying these things, you'll be able to break them. As it says in the Talmud, there are various vessels that the one a vessel is something which um, can contract impurity. Whatever, whatever is closer to man is able is something that Clipper is interested in. Whatever could contain holiness, let's say, is something that that Clipper latches onto. So a vessel is something that Clipper latches onto. It has a usage. If it's not a vessel, Clipper doesn't latch onto it. So let's say you have a vessel and the vessel breaks. Oh, now it's pure again. So, so, so Gemara used the expression, breaking the vessel is rectifying the vessel. So to spiritually, breaking evil rectifies evil. So when you study these parts of Torah discussing the various levels of evil, so first of all, it breaks it. And besides breaking it, this then becomes something of your service of Hashem in a positive way. As the Baal is taught, you should make from evil good. Let's think of a, maybe a practical example of, of what they're referring to. Um, some people feel that no news is good news, right? Reading the news, going on a uh, news diet for a month, just like it cleanses your, your you detox from all the, the knowledge of uh, unimportant things in this world. What a great thing. You're not having any of that, that stuff that just can contaminate your, your, your uh, whole uh, system. Yeah. But the Rebbe needed to read the news. And many other rabbis need to read the news, and uh, reading the news is something that they need to know in order to know what to uh, what to do. Like if, if, and so it's possible the same newspaper that was a challenge to the person before is no longer a challenge. It's meant to be used in a holy way. I mean, there is uh, my my uncle's quote is to me all the shalom. I can't ask him where, where he heard this because you're not in this world anymore. He told me, but everyone said that if you know on page eight of a newspaper there's something there that is not modest, you don't look at it. So, so that's called iskafia in our time. The, the, the Zohar talks about this service of God of breaking evil. So, if you know there's something you're not supposed to look at on page eight, you don't look at it. That's breaking evil, okay? But then there is using the whole newspaper in general to uh, to know what you need to do in your town yeah. because of what's going on. Where to direct your spiritual energies? Where to direct exactly? Where to direct spiritual energies? So, is that something you should engage in? So, chances are. If this has challenged you before, don't try this at home, folks. You'll find out by WhatsApp like everybody else what's happening in the world. Someone's going to send you another... Uh, but but, 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 uh, but there, there are stages where it's a challenge. It's kind of like the Gemara discusses the laws of vows. How first, it says that a vow is something that's commendable. It's a good thing to make a vow um, because you have to refrain from something in your life. Then the Chassidah says there's a higher level called annulling the vow, because the same thing that was a challenge you before, now you could use it. Before, you couldn't use wine for Kiddush, let's say. You couldn't use wine for Kiddush because you, you were addicted to wine. And now, you are not addicted to wine. 
And even your sponsor in AA says, nothing is going to happen to you with this cup of wine in Kiddush. So now you should know the vow because it's, it's considered halakhically profitable to the Kiddush on wine. So, so, in short, we learned today that when we say to study about evil and that destroys evil, the Middle Rebbe highlights that this is, the author says that this achieves more than the backbreaking labor in Egypt. The Middle Rebbe says it doesn't just mean studying it in a general way, it means going to all the details of it. And it's not going to affect you if you're not, if your attachment is to higher things. This is just, you're studying this as a part of Torah. Let's conclude with one last story and let you go. There was a chassid named Khani Marazam. And he asked the Rebbe Rashab, how is it possible to study both the revealed parts of Torah and the inner parts of Torah with enthusiasm? And the Rebbe Rashab responded, because they're both Torah, it's possible. Because it doesn't matter what you're studying. In other words, it may seem like some people prefer this part of the Torah, some people prefer for that part of the Torah, but if you're enthusiastic about, because it's Torah, it doesn't matter what it is. So to the Rebbe says, if you're studying because it's Torah, it doesn't matter if you're studying about the, the being a Pelagash of Eliphaz or I'm Lord your God. You feel this is the this, these are the words of Hashem, and by studying the sections of Torah about evil, you break evil. Not just you break, but you cause transformation of evil to good. Okay, we'll stop here. Have a wonderful Shabbos, Afrilch and Shabbos, Surah Tavot. A great day of David, a barrel, and Tukah, Kol Tuf. I'm trying to remember something about that story here.